For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Wow, Stick, the NBA playoffs are here. A lot of good basketball, a lot of fun. And uh, how you doing? How's everything at your end? It, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a little late. Um, yeah, actually, not. Well, actually, late. So I was um, updated today. So May twenty first, nineteen eighty five, eighty six is when I shot the shot against the Lakers to go to the finals. Well, how about that? So, yeah, we won't say how many years ago, but I just said <laughs> something. So, so now we just starting the playoffs, and 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 that years ago we were almost in the finals. Yeah. So we got the whole month of June to even enjoy some more basketball, which is very special. Uh, and my mother's happy that Golden State still got another chance to go. They got beat uh, by the Lakers, but it's okay as, as we continue to make this thing happen. But we'll see what happens in the, in the playoffs, and it should be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. How, how much of the uh, Hall of Fame, the Naismith Hall of Fame weekend, did you get to see? Could have gone, but the, the protocols were so so tough. But to be able to watch uh, Rudy Tomjanovich talk about um, a couple of things. One, he mentioned uh, my good friend B.J. Johnson. He mentioned mm-hmm. a guy named Robert Barr. We text back and forth. I said congratulations. But to watch his speech be very, very surreal about his experience. He also mentioned a guy named Robert Ory. Uh, Robert, one of my Robert, Robert Ory got seven championships. One of my favorite players. Michael Morton. Uh, Magic more. He got seven championships and he played a key role in all those teams. And they called him Big Shot Bob. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, he's advocating for him to be in the Hall of Fame as well. So to watch Rudy speak and have two of my favorites, obviously, Kim Lodron, but Calvin Murphy is one of my favorites uh, players ever because he was there when I was in Houston my first year. Taught me a lot about the game of life. But to watch him speak and, and, and go through that was very special for me. Absolutely. And Ori, because I love the years with the Spurs and, you know, because of Tim Duncan and following Duncan and and every time Ori touched it in a critical situation in the fourth quarter, he scored, I swear. I don't think he ever missed a fourth quarter shot in his life. Touchdown for sure. One funny story came out of the the Hall of Fame weekend, apparently, uh, and you know this because you had to experience it, but the they're, they're going through all the practices and the sessions. And so the people who put the speech in the prompter uh, for you guys came up to Tim Duncan and Tim did not have anything written down. He wasn't prepared. And so they asked him to set down. So they said, Tim, do you have your, do you have your hall of fame speech? And he, he, he acted like he, he was hitting his car. He goes, oh, he goes, I left it back at the hotel. So he hadn't even written. So he was under the gun to write his speech. He didn't know what to write. And uh, apparently he was a nervous wreck. I mean, Tim Duncan never showed 
nerves ever. And so when it came to performing and doing his, you know, his recording his speech, and uh, I, I guess he panicked just a little bit, but apparently got it in. Well, Mac, they make you write something down because they have a time clock, really. And you got you got seven minutes, ten minutes, whatever. And I'm sure, being that this year was on network TV, and they had a limited amount of time to, to do this. Because when I got inducted, we had all night, so it was just on TV or whatever it be. Right. But, but nobody goes off a speech. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you cannot stand up there and just say and remember everybody because something's <laughs> going to jump in your mind. Nobody goes off a speech. So they just let everybody do what they want to do, basically. Not only with the Hall of Fame weekend, and we were talking about the playoffs, too, and it just it, it transitions into who we have on the show today because Bob Rathman has been a special friend. I know you have known him for a long time, sportscaster of the year, uh, half a dozen times in Virginia. Uh, in 08, he was inducted in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, went to Catawba College. I think he's in their Hall of Fame as well. Um, you know, has been with the Braves, been with the Atlanta Hawks since 96, but it'll be great to, to hear from Bob because he is just that kind of good guy. When you're in the business, you have to have a little ego, a little swagger. I don't think Bob has any ego at all. I mean, he, he just he does his thing. He's nice to people. He never makes a wave at all. Bob Rathman's a pretty special guy. Yeah, Mike, Mike you know, you've seen guys over our, our, our careers and history, and some are good, some are average and can't make the cut, and then some are great. Mm -hmm. You and Bob and Brent Musburger and Al McGuire, I mean, those are the, the iconic guys you know, and they have a certain voice. So you might not know the name sometimes, but you know the voice. Mm -hmm. and Bob had the very unique voice and a very unique twist on the game and sports he's called and he loves. So it's good to have him on today. Absolutely. This is the Winter Circle Network. Ralph Sampson, Mac McDonald. We'll go to break. We'll come back. Bob Rathbun joins us from Atlanta when we return. We'll be right back. The mission for the Sampson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Bob, what's going on? It's JC here. Just wanted to check in and wish you a happy 25 years. I don't know what it would be like watching a Hawks game without you. See you soon, my guy. Peace. Hey, Bob, congratulations on 25 years. 25 years doing anything is fantastic, but 25 years of doing basketball games is really amazing. This is Dominique Wilkins, your counterpart, man. I just want to say congratulations on 25 years as the Hawks broadcaster. And I want to tell you, it's been a pleasure being your partner. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back to the Winter Circle Network and Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Special guest today, Ralph, and uh, I'll fill in the blanks, but uh, go ahead and introduce him. You know, he was a Virginia guy for a while. Now he's just loving that Southern cooking in Atlanta, and you can't blame him, right? 
Well, I don't blame him for, you know, he got Southern cooking in Virginia, but his daggone show got Southern cooking in Atlanta, Georgia. So the one and only Bob Rathman, the voice of the Atlanta Hawks. But, I mean, you know, Mac, there are certain people that have a voice for sports. And this is one of them, right? You got, you know, the Bob Koshers of the world, the Brent Musburgers. But this is a voice that everybody across the country knows, I'm sure. So thanks for uh, appeasing us and being on. So we, we're so excited to have you. So, Mac, you know, you you both you guys are in this sports world, so <laughs> I'll let you battle for a minute about how you commentate uh, how you commentate Atlanta Hawks game with Dominique Duncan. I mean, I just I mean, I just was amazing, Brad, because he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, um, welcome in, Bob. Answer that question, huh? Yeah, well, thank you guys. It's great to be with you. Uh, this brings back a lot of great memories from being back in Virginia. That's for sure. Uh, I remind. Uh, one and all, that Dominique still has one more year of eligibility left. And <laughs> we need him. You know, I'm going to suit him up and send him down there. He said he can go up. He has no trouble going up. It's the coming down. Coming down, <laughs> and, uh, But it's, well, it's, a, it's a treat to work with him, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure he doesn't mind shooting the ball every time he touches it still. So, you know, he probably still can shoot a little bit and play horse. But running oh, yeah. down and jump, it may not be a good thing. No, no. He's strictly three-point shooter now. Yeah, like go. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Bob is one of the greats. Uh, in 08, he was named to the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, Braves baseball. I could go on and on with all the, uh, you know, Southeastern Conference football games, FSN South, Atlantic Coast Conference. He's been around the ACC and Raycom forever. Uh, has just been, you know, just been an institution and a good friend, too. So it's great to talk to Bob. You know, and so, Ralph, just to talk a little business, we were talking about it. I said, well, so did you enjoy your trip to New York? And Bob said, uh, no, we're doing games from home. So Bob, I don't, I don't know how that's really possible. Do you guys struggle or, or are you set up where you can see everything pretty well? You know, we've tried it a lot of different ways, Mac, um, to try to recreate that feeling of being there, mm -hmm. but basketball, it's so fast. Uh, and the pro game, you know, with that 24-second shot clock, it's up and down. And you just can't, or at least I can't, I can't take my eye off the program monitor, which is what is going out to the fans at home. And you can only see what the camera guys give you. you know? <laughs> yes. And if they get stuck on a tight shot, you know, the broadcast is stuck on a tight shot. I can't really <laughs> see anything else. But it's the little things that you don't see. The guy walking to the scorer's table, uh, the official in the trail position, you know, talking with the guy at the bench. Uh, you know, the little things, like the clock. Now, we have, you know, at the bottom, the little bally bar, you know, mm -hmm. the score bug. And you would think that you could just glance down and see the time on the shot clock and the game clock. But you're scared to really take your eye off the game that you're going to miss something. So when you're in the arena, you've got that peripheral vision. Yeah, yeah. And, and we know that as soon as that clock gets under seven minutes, say in the first quarter, the next whistle, we're going to a timeout. So I, I can automatically just get ready to send it to a break. But when you're doing these games remotely, you lose all of that. So it, it's just a little choppy and, not nuanced like we would like to have it, but we get through it. And uh, the best compliment I think all of us have gotten this year uh, that do the NBA is, oh, we didn't know you guys weren't there. So that <laughs> yeah. makes you feel good, you know, when the fans say that. That's called, yeah. a, real that's called a real professional, Mike, because you can get that compliment, but I can only mention peripheral vision, right? So I can imagine down on one end of the court, you see a guy leak out, 
and you kind of know can anticipate what's going to happen next, right? But on TV, on the on the screen, like you can't do that. You, I mean, you can't have that instinct. Yeah. It's got to be hard. And a lot of times there will be uh, the benches or the signage board in front of you and on the shot, and you can't see the sideline. You can't see really the three-point line on the near side. So trying to figure out, was he behind the line? Was, was he not? You know, and sometimes a referee's a little late putting that arm up to signify a three. So those are the kinds of things that really take away from the being on top of the call. You just have to lag back a little bit and, and let it play out before you really deliver uh, the punchline. Ralph, I can tell you that, you know, since Bob and I are, are both uh, up in age a little bit, but I mean, Bob, <laughs> Bob looks like he's 35, but back, we used to, we used to practice as kids thinking, all right, I'm going to be a play-by-play guy, but Bob, tell him, we used to practice watching a TV, right? I mean, we used to practice watching a TV. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I grew up, Ralph, in Salisbury, North Carolina, and I remember as a kid, being 12, 13, 14 years old, going to the little ballpark and just sitting there with a little tape recorder. Sure. Uh, recording the game and trying desperately to to get it down to where it sounded, you know, halfway decent. Uh, and of course, you're a kid, you know, it's not going to sound very good, but you were trying and you're trying to emulate the, the guys that came along. And uh, I, I think for young broadcasters these days, they kind of miss out on that experience. You know, the, the technology advancements, you know, I remember when I was doing American Legion baseball, just starting out. And to get out-of-town scores from the major leagues, the guy keeping stats with me, a high school friend of mine, right. would hold up a transistor radio, and he was listening to the Braves game. And when <laughs> Milo and Ernie would give the score, he'd write it down and hand it to me, and that's how we got out-of-town scores. Sure. And today I can go to that same ballpark, and I, on my phone, can watch the Braves. <laughs> so the kids of today that are trying to learn this as they, as they get into high school and college – might not have the same experience like Mac and I had really doing it raw, sitting up in the tops <laughs> of the grandstand and trying to figure out uh, who's the running back on, on this team with this mud covering the number and all that stuff. They kind of miss out on that. Yeah. We made up a lot of names for yeah. sure. My go-to guy was Sherwood Forrest. If you ever had a broadcast <laughs> of my games and particularly football and there's That's this so good pause, and that tackle was made by Sherwood Ford. <laughs> you know that I've made it up. <laughs> uh, better like, than Seymour Butts, you know. Like, <laughs> the, the, the only similarity than that was that the transistor radio had a battery in it, and the phone had the battery in it. Otherwise, right. it's totally different. It's only like you had plenty of battery power, you were good. But that's, exactly. that's like a, oh, you have evolution of uh, technology. It's crazy. Uh, are you guys at home sitting courtside? No, sir. Uh, that is verboten. We cannot get into the red wow. zone, which is where the players are and the officials and the scores table. Those people have to be tested daily to be able to be down there. And even the fans that are on the floor opposite the benches have to pass a test to get in. Uh, they have to wow. pass a COVID test to be able to sit on the floor. Now, if you're back in the stands, different story. But if you're going to anybody who's on the floor has to be tested and tested each day to go down there. Um, we're back. We're at the top of the lower bowl at midcourt at State Farm Arena here in Atlanta, which is a great view. But 
not for broadcast. Right. <laughs> you know, right. we're just, we're just so far back. Right. Um, it's just a little too far back, but we, we make do uh, best we can. And uh, it's better than not working. So. How's co- the COVID situation? Two part question. How's the COVID situation in Atlanta? And I'm wondering, I think Georgia tech was the first ACC school to say, we're going full boat in fall with our football team. I, I, are things better there? And, or did Georgia oh, yeah. Tech really, they're a lot better? Yeah. Well, you know, the CDC is right down the block. You know, so, oh, yeah. So things you know, better be better. So uh, Georgia Tech probably was the poster child for CDC in terms of how a public institution like that is going to run ball games, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was football, basketball, you know, whatever they had on campus, they were strictly adhering to the guidelines. A little bit different for the pro teams, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the Braves were basically out of season. They had no fans at all. And then when they came back this spring, uh, much more relaxed because it's outdoors uh, and, the, and the vaccination process was well underway. So we had a little bit better luck with with them and with Atlanta United playing over at Mercedes-Benz next door to State Farm. Now, it's very interesting to me, guys, to see what the Hawks will do for games three and four, because New York just announced they've sold 15,000 tickets, and that's just about capacity at Madison Square Garden. They, right, they, right. About 19,000 is about what they put in there. So I think that the Hawks are going to be kind of pressured a bit to open it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. maybe 13, 14,000, which is our capacity now is about 16, eight. So it will have pretty much a full house. I think by the time we get back for game three, but so far so good. We haven't had any problems. Uh, Georgia was a state that opened up early uh, much like Florida and Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen dramatic drops in hospitalization and infections. And so we're, we're happy with where we are. When he took the shot, the ball hits his head. <laughs> shot. That would throw me off a little bit. You're just jealous. I mean, watch this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like he hits an awning that's too low. <laughs> Let's go, boss. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. We, we talk a lot of leadership on this show, and uh, I know the Hawks made the coaching change and what, Nate McMillan's on a roll or something like an 8 no roll or whatever it is. You know, from your perspective, Bob, and working with co- – how can one coach motivate another coach cannot? One coach connects, another coach does not connect. How does, how does that work? It's the mysteries of human motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I used to tell the story in my talks about a guy who would recommend – a book to his audience. So, you know what? I read this book and I made a million dollars. Now you would think that everybody would run out and buy that book, right? Mm-hmm. Some people did and most didn't. And that is the mystery of the human personality. You know, what clicks about this message, the exact same words when it comes from somebody else. You know, there's nothing new under the sun, really, when it comes to coaching. And it's just the way the message was delivered. I think a lot of it is belief in the messenger. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't think that our guys really had that rock-solid belief in Lloyd Pierce like they should have had. I think that factored into it. 
uh, Nate McMillan, I have known forever, you yeah. know, uh, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, born and bred, yeah. Yeah. You know, Enlow High School, went yeah. to Shawan, you yeah. know, his yeah. dream school was NC State, Ralph, and uh, they didn't even recruit him. Right. And, and yeah, he, he grew up down the road from Reynolds Coliseum. I'm literally down the road in Raleigh. And uh, they, they had no interest. And so he went to Shawan and played two years of junior college and yeah. then got the call to come to NC state. And he was so mad at him. He said he, <laughs> he wasn't going to go, but then he right. said, well, that's my dream school. I still want to go. And he ends up being a great guard for Jimmy V at NC state. And mm -hmm. obviously a very distinguished pro career, but he came in Mac and, and Ralph to a situation where he was an assistant, uh, Lloyd brought him in uh, to be an, a, an assistant coach this year with no designs at all on being a head coach. And uh, finally, they asked him, and he really didn't know if he was going to take it. You know, he, he deferred to Lloyd. He asked Lloyd for his blessing to take right. the job. But when he did, things changed. And oh. I don't know whether it was just the – the belief in Nate, because he was a guy, unlike Lloyd, he was a guy who had been there and done that, mm. you know, his number retired forever in Seattle and, you know, one of the great hard-nosed guards. He did it as a player. He's done it as a coach. And I think he just had that kind of that gravitas about him and the way that he carried himself that this group of players needed at this particular time. So it, it's been a perfect fit. We've got the best record in the Eastern Conference since he took over, mm -hmm. uh, 27 and 11. We've won 11 straight home games with Nate at the helm. He's he's made changes, no question. Now, he hasn't implemented his system like he would <laughs> with a regular training camp, but he's made changes, uh, particularly to, to Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was a guy uh, that came to us as a, a restricted free agent, unmatched by Sacramento. And this guy at age 28 has blossomed. I mean, he's like everything you want in a do-guard. Oh, my God. he can <laughs> like this. And, and Nate has sort of, you know, kind of rewritten the playbook for him uh, to get him going. Uh, he's made some changes defensively with coverages, et cetera. So I think this group has responded well because, you know, when you come in and you win right away, Mac, you referenced it, the winning those eight straight when right. he first took over. Well, I just like, yeah, this guy knows a new way to fry chicken. Yeah. And so everybody, <laughs> everybody's bought in, you know, sure. and uh, we kept winning and kept playing well and navigated a bunch of injuries, you know, just like Lloyd before him. Uh, he had to go around a lot of key guys being hurt. We're finally whole, except for Cam Reddish, for the first time all season, training camp included. Wow. So, you know. Right. It, that's that's what typically fun. happens when you, you – especially during mid you're bringing a new coach and everybody's going to play for him. But the thing you mentioned there about Nate, which is his personality, and I give him all the respect in the world, is that he went to the head coach and asked – we, you know, because you know, he didn't want to be the head coach. He, he, God, God brings you in and you replace him for being the head coach. So that yes, tells you the respect that he gave Lloyd as well. But then the players probably respected that as well if they know, if they even know about that, right? Yeah. Which well, they, they know it want now. To play for him. Yeah. In fact, they know yeah. it now. They want to play for him much harder. So, and, and, and I mean, Nate's a quality guy. I mean, no, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. And I wish him well. He'll be back. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He should be. Yeah, Bob Rathbun, our guest, Hall of Famer, and uh, one of the voices of the Atlanta Hawks, and they have uh, got the Knicks in the uh, in the playoffs. I, yeah, you know, I don't want the the uh, hour to get away. 
how's our guy DeAndre Hunter doing? Uh, <laughs> you know, he had a pretty good run in the uh, in the tournament when he was in the in the four letter, but now he's in the three letter. Bob, how's DeAndre Hunter doing? I have I got to admit, I have a serious man crush. <laughs> <laughs> well you admit okay that's okay it's right. out Mike. it's out it's out it's it out is. gone gone public um guys he's, he's been fantastic and i think you'll see it uh now he's a guy's been out for you know three months basically mm-hmm. uh, uh nate has gotten him back in to play a couple of games took one off to kind of rest the knee just to make sure everything's okay then he started him on Sunday in our last regular season game and wanted to get him playing time with Trey and John Collins, because the plan is to start him Mm -hmm. in game one uh, against the Knicks and put him on Randall when Randall plays that point forward spot. And uh, DeAndre, as you guys know, is just a magnificent defender. And that's kind of why we moved heaven and earth to get him uh, at number four. You know, a lot of people thought that, uh, that we'd kind of, you know, gone a little too far uh, to trade uh, to get him, but he's the perfect guy for this team. And I, I cannot tell you how well he was playing before the knee acted up in, in late mm-hmm. January. He was shooting the ball, playing both ends, just just going crazy. I had that confidence. And I think the one thing, and, and you guys know because you watched him at Virginia, but he's bigger than you think. He's stronger than you think. Uh, he's got a quiet confidence about him that doesn't come in. You know, he's not a boisterous guy, you know, right. a big talker or anything like that. But when you get him alone, you know, this guy's, <laughs> got, a, this guy's got a confidence about him that's pretty unshakable. And, you know, you look at what he went through at UVA, you know, not many guys, number four pick in the draft, spent, you know, three years, a redshirt year. Who in the world is a number four pick had a redshirt year? You know, those are things of the past. Yeah, but exactly. he did. And he's mature. He's smart. Uh, he gets it. He's a great teammate. And he was playing wonderful basketball. Now, I don't know if that long-distance shot is back or will be for the playoffs. Like, he was shooting threes like crazy uh, before he got hurt. But he does so many other good things. The mid-range game is there. He can still drive. But his calling card is that great defense. And I think well. – Nate scheming him into that starting lineup to to put him on Randall when Randall's on the wing to start this series. So it's going to be fun to watch. But he's, I love him. He's a great, great young man. Mike, I'm I go on a record there because I've always said so. What he just said is a tribute to Tony Bennett. I was just going to oh, say totally. that. Yeah, absolutely. He, defensively, everything that he just said is Tony Bennett's system, right? So you take that, and guys and kids out there watching or listening to this, whatever. You want to play good basketball, I'm an advocate, obviously. Come to Virginia, right, and play. Because you become the number fourth pick. Red shirt year, Andre, DeAndre's career, right? And you become number fourth pick in the league. I, you got Malcolm that gets transferred, traded, whatever. You know, the, the second contract, $80, $90 million. So, come on, you got to give the guy credit because his system is really good. But then you get players like DeAndre that want to work his tail off, right, and be good. And then go to Atlanta, and you just said he was explosive and playing pretty well. And now with Nate around him, his games will go to another level. No doubt. And kudos to Tony. Uh, You know, college basketball, there's still a place to develop players in the college Mm -hmm. ranks. You know, we're going through some crazy times in college basketball with transfer portals and, you know, 
rosters in flux and you never know from one minute to the next who's going to be around. But as you guys know, and all Virginia fans know, they don't come any more rock solid than Tony Bennett. And, you know, his system isn't changing for you. You are going to come to Virginia and you're going to play his system. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And you just look at the success route that you talked about. And it's not just those two guys, you know, the, you know, the, the Kyle guys and the Ty right. Jerome's and all these guys that have come out of Virginia, you know, this is not an easy league to make. No, as no. you know, and, and for the American born player, only 75% of this league is, is native American. You know, yeah. 25% is international, including right. Kansas. So uh, it's tough to make it in this league. And you look at all the Virginia guys uh, that have made it through the years under Tony uh, to, to get a chance to play in the NBA tells you that he's doing something really good at UVA. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but there's a game to be played at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Duke campus, the Triangle, the East Coast socked in with bad weather, but a great game awaits as Georgia Tech squares off against Duke next. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back in the Winter Circle Network at Center Court with Ralph Sampson, our special guest today, Bob Rathbun. Known Bob for a long, long time, and you know he spent a lot of time in Virginia, in the Tidewater Tides, Norfolk area, and just truly one of the, you know, a guy who never forgets a friend. And and uh, you know he's even Ralph. He's spoken to our kids at the Dan Patrick School, and uh, I just you know Bob and I've been been good friends for a long, long time. Uh, Bob, we were talking about, uh, you know, you're talking about the Andre Hunter, and you hear all the time about role players he's a role player but really in industry and radio tv you have roles right and 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 i know you do a lot of public speaking and you know uh the role that you have no matter what it is somewhere is very important correct no doubt um i think one of the biggest myths of the nba is that 95 percent of the league are role players you know, there's only a handful of superstars that, right, that drive right. the needle, to demand a double team, uh, can score through a double team in a playoff game. And very few of those guys. So most of us, Mac, uh, are role players. And, and you know from your broadcasting days, we're the play-by-play guy and we're out in front of the cameras if we're on TV, you on radio. But mm-hmm. uh, if we're on TV and we're doing this, well, we're kind of front and center. But we just represent an army of people behind us. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere without my producer and director, audio guy, tape guy, color guy, sideline reporter. I, I'm just a piece of the puzzle uh, yeah. that, the, that the broadcast. So I've got to play my role just like everybody else has to play theirs. And if, if I let them down, I've let the whole team down. And I, I can't let that happen. So role, role players, I think, kind of get uh, – in sports anyway, get a little bit of a disdain about them, but we're all role players. Yeah. We very got well to said. Yeah. To make the whole team concept work. Very right. well said. In the basketball world, role players, if you are a good journeyman, right. A role player, you can stay in the NBA for a long time. Look at Andre Iguodala. You know, he was all world in Philly he played. Okay. But he's been able to stick in the NBA being a role player, a good bench, good, good, good teammate locker room. Right. He goes to Miami and he's still playing at you know at a, a very high level. So somebody like that, I think, as a, a superstar, then when he played uh, in his early career, but then he was able to maintain that 
Robert Parrish, when I first got in the league, he said, big fella, you know, make them drag you off the court. No matter what, if you're a good citizen, make them drag you off the court because you will never get this money anywhere else. You'll never get this type of money anywhere else. I'm like, okay, Robert, Chief, I, I, I respect what you said. And we good friends as of today. I started on some Instagram posts. That's what made me think about it today. I tell our young players, Stick, I tell them when they first come to the Hawks, whether they're drafted or signed as a free agent, whatever, I said, guys, let me just tell you something. Your goal is to make the mid-level exception – Mm-hmm. and stay in this league for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. You do that, you're going to walk away with $100 million. Yeah, that's crazy. It set you up pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Make $10 million a year for 10 years, and you're set. And you'd be surprised how few guys, you know, are lucky enough to do that. Yeah. We get carried away with the big free agent deal or a right, max right. contract and all that stuff. But that only goes to a handful of guys yeah, yeah. Uh, in the great scheme of things. Most are, you know, year to year, moving around, uh, might have to go overseas, might have to do other things to get back. Uh, I mean, it's crazy, uh, the path. And it doesn't – it's not always about talent. You know, it's about opportunity. It's about being in the right place at the right time. You can find a lot of skilled guys uh, overseas, yeah, but yeah. they didn't – they weren't in the right place at the right time to be able to stick in the NBA. Or their attitude wasn't quite right. They thought right, they could exactly. play. It's like, like you mentioned the kids in the Porter, right? I go to school and then I'm not playing 20 minutes. I'm going to be in the Porter because I want to play. Right. Well, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can be, I mean, it just, it just takes that effort to, to, to maintain what you do and practice every day because everybody's watching you. Even in NBA, everybody's watching your workouts. Everybody's watching you late. Everybody's watching you. So, the guy's going to evaluate you no matter what. So oh, this guy's not that good because he got an attitude. Or a guy that's not as good and doesn't have a bad attitude, but he works every day, he can make your team. And Ralph, they're watching you from the second you step on the court. Yes. To warm up an hour before the game. Absolutely. You know, the scouts are there. Yeah. And they're watching you. Mm-hmm. They're watching you interact with the coaches, with the referees, with the other players. They're watching yeah. your warm-up routine. I'll tell you, there's something – to be said, watch the guys who come out to warm up to get ready for the third quarter. Yeah. It's amazing, guys. Mm-hmm. Nick and I sit up there and I said, just watch. Just watch who's ready to play, especially when you know you got the ball first. Okay. Right. And a guy's just going to just come out and jack up some shots and, you know, walk around a little bit and put up and the official hands on the ball and here we go. But there are a select few who come out, get to their spots, hit a couple layups, hit a couple mid-rangers, get to the foul line, get their heart rate up, get ready to go. And those teams, all of a sudden, that team's on a 7-0 run to start the third quarter timeout. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's part of that preparation process that you're talking about. You know, these role players with doing what you got to do, be ready to go when that second half starts. Yeah. Bob Rathman, the great Bob Rathman with us uh, on center court with uh, Ralph Sampson. Bob, greatest broadcast story. I got you doing a, I got you doing a banquet right now. You're at a banquet. What is, what is your favorite broadcasting story? Well, you know, Mac, I, I get that obviously a lot. Sure. And things that meant a great deal to me, would probably not mean a great deal to anybody else. <laughs> sure. Casting a, a major league spring training game for the first time, 
meant a lot to me because mm -hmm. I, I slugged it out in the minors for so long, getting to broadcast my first NCAA tournament game. It was Old Dominion, and we were playing UCLA. Oh, wow. And it's in Tempe, Arizona, and I'm a one-man band. Mm -hmm. WTAR, Norfolk, Virginia, and we've got <laughs> like two seats, okay? Yeah. And we're playing at Arizona State. And we're playing UCLA, and here is KMPC Radio in Los Angeles, and they've got like eight seats. <laughs> and they're running to me, and the guys are saying, where the hell is Old Dominion? We've never heard of you guys. <laughs> so, but in moments like that, you know, meant so much. And that UCLA team went to the championship game that year. Yeah. Larry Brown was coaching UCLA that year. So little things like that. But the things that I that most people will remember that I think about, so many great little moments. It wasn't so much a great game. You know, when I was doing the Braves to, to do the first game, Andres Galarraga came back from cancer. You know, that was a pretty emotional night mm -hmm. uh, to call. Uh, division winners with the Braves. But number one, no doubt about it, the 60-win team we had here in 2015. Ralph, you've been on great clubs. You know what this feeling is like when the entire city yep, is fire. on fire. It was like 91 when the Braves went worst to first. Everybody, and I mean everybody in this town, was a Hawks fan. We won, Mac, we won 19 straight games. Yeah. Which – and that's a quarter of your schedule. Yeah, yeah. We went, we did something that no team in the history of professional basketball has ever done before. We went unbeaten in the month of January. And entire, that never happened. Never happens. Right? Yeah. Home road. Ralph, they didn't care about load management. They didn't care about road games. <laughs> they couldn't wait to get to the arena. And it was just a magic carpet ride. So it wasn't Mac one moment in particular, but right. that run. And I swear, fellas. Had we stayed healthy, it was our year. Oh, it was yeah, like absolutely. when the Falcons had the big lead on New England in the Super Bowl, it was their year to win it. And I don't know if we would have beaten Golden State or not, but I swear we'd have beaten LeBron. We really would right. have. We were that good. But it was the all of us. We didn't have a superstar. Mm -hmm. So it took the all of us. And when, when people started going down with injuries, you know, you think of a guy like Tabo Cephalosha, who most fans – would not even like who I is that? Who, yeah. Well, the NYPD took batting practice on his shin, broke his leg. He won the lawsuit two years later, but he knocked that knocked him out of the playoffs. And he was the one guy we had wow. that could slow LeBron down. Hmm. And without him, I remember Kenny Atkinson, our assistant coach, came up to me. He said, What does that reduce our chances of beating Cleveland? 20%, 30%? Yeah. Because we had their number. We beat them in the regular season. We had their number because Tabo gets slowed down. So it, we were a, the kind of team where everybody had to contribute. And that was, you know, that was the year we had all five starters were named player of the month. You know, four guys went to the all-star game. It, it was pretty, pretty special. So that was a magical time, Mac, to answer a you know, long-winded no, no. answer to your question. But, <laughs> everybody uh, has that. That was, sure. that, was, that was the most fun I've ever had. I mean, we had a game with Golden State and beat them here in Atlanta. And we had the number one rated show in Atlanta for sports the entire season. Of course you better did. Than the, better, not, not the Super Bowl, but I mean for the Atlanta-based teams. Uh, better than anything the Falcons did, the Braves. I mean, it was the number one show across all stations, not just cable. So it was that kind of excitement uh, that was generated in the city that made it so much fun. You know when you drop your cleaning off at the dry cleaners? 
and the little old lady behind the counter with the blue hair. Aren't our hogs doing well? <laughs> no, you got them. Yeah, no, you got them. <laughs> don't what, don't the, you have the, two the, tickets? The, exactly. Uh, uh, tickets. And, and the best thing that you had the city was electrified by the team winning. And everybody, like, we took your cleaners. And when we were playing in Houston, did some of the same thing. You take your cleaners and stuff to the to the game. They're like, when you need it back, they didn't want to mess your, your flow up. Right, right. You, know, you, you eat meals, whatever. You go to the same place. Everybody's like, okay, let me get this down real quick. So exactly. I, I a special time for sitting. Well, hey, Ralph, that's like you. That's like Terry Holland's tie. You think Dave yes. Cook ever messed with the Terry Holland tie? Are you exactly. kidding me? You can't mess with that. That tie doesn't show up, so – well, Bob, uh, yeah, it's been a thrill. It's always great to catch up. I know yes. we uh, we get to catch up, uh, you know, a couple of times a year. And uh, you were so inspirational to our students. I'm going to ask you again at some point to come back and talk oh, to the kids because, uh, you know, they they love talking to the the big wheels and the guys oh, that have done right. it. And uh, you truly are one of the one of the greats for a lot of reasons because, um, you know, you just uh, you communicate as uh, Dick Vitale told us: you educate, you entertain, and you connect. And uh, you've been. You get A's in all those areas. So just thanks for being oh, a friend. It's, it's just the, great to the, have you. The, the teacher gives the student an A. So, Bob, you got an A today. Good. You oh, got good. an A. Excellent. Yeah. Have, a, have a good run in the playoffs. And uh, we'll, be, watch, we'll be watching and listening. Guys, great being with you. Winner's Circle Network and Ralph Sampson Center Court. We'll continue right after this. To get into sportscasting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one, Full Sail University. Great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back in the Winner's Circle Network. Ah, it was so great to catch up with Bob Rathbun, and uh, it'll be fun, DeAndre Hunter. It'll be fun to watch Hunter and see how they, you know, they handle the rest of the playoffs, you know, the rest of the way. But uh, Bob is such a special guy. Mac, a man crush on DeAndre. <laughs> He's got a man crush. He's got a man crush. But, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of weird. But, uh, I mean, I mean, DeAndre is a great player, great person, and one of the quality UVA guys that we know and love. And uh, hopefully he can get back on track and play and, and, and be productive in the playoffs. By the way, I want to remind folks for more content and information on Center Court, follow us on at Center Court Podcast 50 and Ralph's at Ralph Samson 50 on all social media platforms just wanted to give you the heads up and on very very good radio stations in the state of virginia uh before we talk about your big memorial day weekend coming up with uh your combine and everything have you finished suli the john grisham book I'm finished, yeah I'm, I'm i'm 30 pages from the end it's a great book i mean you know a basketball story you know and love it's got some it's just got a lot of things in it that you just 
I mean, I, it should be it should be a movie. I mean, you know, to me, it should be it'd be good. I probably watch it all the time. But I'm 30 pages away from the finale, so I'll give you my report next. Okay, time we chat. you get a book report next week. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then we, I promise we won't, uh, we won't grade it. Well, coming up on the uh, Memorial day weekend, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Ralph's got the, uh, the Puma Ralph Sampson invitational basketball tournament and combine at horizons edge. That's the sports campus in Harrisonburg. And Ralph, I know you're excited about this. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We've got some uh, inquiries, inquiries about the uh, Mills athlete teams coming down and Kevin Durant's teams coming down. So it should be fun. Uh, you know, we're building something special there. You know, girls and boys that have a good travel team. You know, Max, some of these travel teams out there, you know, they just want them to play and be productive and uh, just do all kinds of stuff, which is kind of okay. But, you know, we got academics. We got nutrition. We got academic counselors. We are putting together a whole unique program. So we give the children out there an opportunity to be not just a basketball player, but a complete person as well. So I'm excited about what we're doing, and the tournament should be fun. Yeah, you've got – You've got teams coming from everywhere, right? Maryland, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, even West Virginia. I mean, it's probably in a three, two, three or four hour radius of Harrisonburg. So, wow. South. so uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll grow it and continue. But we want it to be very quality and very fun for kids to come and play and parents to enjoy Harrisonburg as well. Well, if the combine, if the combine was your idea, it was a brilliant idea. Talk a little bit about the combine and what people can expect. That is Monday, I understand. Yeah, that is Monday, uh, Memorial Day, Monday, uh, just because kids being recruited these days and the, and the uh, name, image, and likeness and the portal. I think the high school kids are going to get a raw deal about being recruited because the coaches don't get to see them that often. And sometimes, Mac, the way these things work is that you got you got all the sports shoe companies doing their thing. The coaches from those sports shoe companies are going to one or two major events, and all they're doing is playing basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see if they can play and that's the way to be recruited but now combines will really get down to their ability to, to be put in a high pressure situation to make shots and to be under that pressure and give all the criteria that a coach needs to know about to recruit one of these kids to their university it should be fun and that's going to be this weekend and uh, the combine will be held monday may 31st and then the tournament of course will be uh, may 29th may 30th and uh, a lot of a lot of girls teams uh, boys teams and so you can uh, you can call and find out about it it's that simple before we go i owe ralph a big time thank you i came home from school the other day there's a bo there's a box uh, just a box at my door and i can't show you now but just to let you know <laughs> my pumas fit perfectly so there we go and what, what else, you, know, you got a, maybe a pair of shoes and a, maybe a hat and a golf shirt i don't know what was, i just told him put some fun stuff in it so uh, you know, now you can be sporting i did i appreciate it so um I hope everybody has a great week coming up next week. Graham Benzinger, one of the, uh, one of the top video bloggers now with his social media and his interview skills and the people he talks to, it's going to be Graham Benzinger as our guest next week on center court. So for Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald and the entire crew, Pam and, and Kathy and everybody just have a great week. This is the winner's circle network and we are center. Court. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.